Welcome to the Community Group Leadership Podcast, where we help community group leaders be better together. My name is Tyler Cherneski. And I'm Reed Kappel, and we are thrilled to share with you all some best practices and resources and stories from across all of our campuses uh, regarding community groups. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking about one of the hardest things to do as a leader, and yet one of the most integral parts of being a leader. And that's the issue of sharing ownership. Not only is this topic worthy of conversation because of its direct relationship to leadership, but also because of how it serves as a way to create longevity within our leaders. Yeah, and and the nice thing about this, Tyler, I mean, this topic, it it relates to all of us as as, uh, community group leaders. Uh, Whether you've been leading for one month or for what may feel like one millennia, uh, sharing ownership is is relevant and necessary at every stage of of leading a community group. So, so Tyler, uh, how about you introduce our fabulous guests who we have in studio today? Yes, today we've got Kurt Foster and Dan Lenhart. Kurt attends at our Leewood campus and Dan at our Aletha campus. And so it's, it's great to have you both with us today. Glad to be here. Thank and you. I'd love to hear from you. What got you into leading your current community group in the first place? Uh, yeah, just tell us a bit about your group. It was pretty organic, actually. Um, we started out about nine or ten years ago, and um, our wives were actually doing a Beth Moore study. And then they said, hey, next time, let's bring our husbands into this. And so mm. that's what happened. And then we started to meet together. Um, I don't remember what study we were doing. Um, was it a Beth Moore study? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> we, we moved on from that. Yeah. But then um, we started to ask the question about, should we become an official community group yeah. of Christ community? And so we met with uh, Pastor Nathan, actually, and um, it was really great because um, there had been some past experiences of, like, do we make this really formal? We like the organic nature of it, but Pastor Nathan was great, just said, we, don't, we love the organic nature of your group, we just want to be a resource, and so that's kind of how we came about. That's great. And, and, and there, people have been at different campuses kind of throughout the life uh, of the community group, which has kind of been cool to see. So yeah, that's great. Well, so we, yeah, we'd love to just ask you guys some questions um, about how you have uh, shared ownership in your community group kind of throughout the time. And I know that changes from season to season, but, but one question maybe just to start is, you know, we all know kind of, you know, a leader is not simply someone who is in charge, but rather someone who helps others take charge. And so why is this principle of, of sharing ownership? Why is it so vital in particular for community group leaders? Um, I, I think that um, in a, in a community group, I mean, it's, I think that in order to keep it organic and to keep the um, to keep things focused on on everyone's needs within the group, mm-hmm. we all go through different seasons and we all go through times where we maybe we have uh, certain joys or certain struggles. And I think by keeping um, I think by keeping uh, leadership kind of as a as a shared responsibility, everyone's um, everyone's needs and concerns kind of all play into the mix as Mm -hmm. opposed to um, one individual kind of dictating where things are go, you know, the, the culture should be um, everyone contributing and everyone being a part of it as opposed to, you know, like I said, any, any particular person kind of setting the temperature and setting the direction. Right. Right. And not, not only are you avoiding like one person having all the burden, but you also are allowing a variety of, of leadership styles and voices and, and flavors, so to speak. And so, yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. Well, what does it look like for you to share ownership within your group? Yeah. Um, 
I think for the most part, the roles that we have, if you want to uh, call them that, or is around facilitation. We, we do. We want to call them roles. <laughs> um, facilitation, um, you know, who's going to facilitate that study? You know, obviously during one of the semesters, we're um, going with the, the Life We Long to Live study. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then around, you know, the other two trimesters or whatever, um, deciding after you decide which study, typically we like to facilitate of whoever's hosting. Um, whoever's hosting at their home, um, we l- would like to encourage them to facilitate that discussion. Mm. Um, we felt that was really great because as we've gone through different seasons, so Kurt and I have both gone through grad school, and just in that season, especially as your, your family gets bigger, it's nice to have other um, other members of your group facilitate discussions, especially as life gets really busy. Yeah, and over yeah. the last nine years, life has gotten really, really busy, yeah. Yeah. and it's just nice to be able to say, hey, could you facilitate this one um, in your home? And most of the time, it's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's been really nice. Yeah. Um, so we kind of let the seasons of life dictate those roles, um, as well as each and everybody's gift. So quickly you discern who's got the gift of hospitality. Mm. I mean, that's, that comes to fruition really, really quick. And so letting that person live into that is really nice because then they're like, oh, I'd like to host all the time. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, that's great. (laughs) You make great nachos, so you get to be the host. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Do you guys have a way of determining kind of who you ask um, uh, to kind of do what in the group? You know, I mean, obviously you said you kind of start with looking at what people are naturally gifted at, but are there other ways you try to discern that and share those responsibilities? Um, I think that's just going to go back to the fact, I guess, just being being observant of mm-hmm. what's going on with the different members or different families in the group and back to the different seasons. Um it, over the years with um like Dan you know brought up you know people maybe going back for more schooling or for in the case of our group lots of children in the mix <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know it's not like every single family all at once was you know having kids there's different families thank at goodness. different times yeah thank goodness <laughs> um so just just being observant and and just kind of having an understanding of who of who truly has capacity yeah um mm-hmm. And uh, and who doesn't? And really, you know, there's just been times where clearly a, a particular family they just don't have the capacity, and that's obvious. And and reaching out to the other members of the group and and asking, hey, can you can you host or hey, can you provide a meal or hey, can you help yeah. out with finding a babysitter or whatever it may be. But I think just being just being observant of what's going on in the life of your community and yeah. and and reaching out to those who you know who. Mm-hmm. Who are able to fill whatever needs needs arise, and it's probably helpful to like even give permission to say, "Hey, like you guys, you do not need to lead because the season you're in." Just mm-hmm. just to even remove Calling the guilt they might yep. feel, like, "Okay, well, but we want to, we don't want to just kind of be takers," and so it's good to kind of name that, like, "No, you right. you are not allowed to make nachos." Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you know, voting is a great way too. Honestly, just yeah. Hey, what would everybody like to do this next study? Yeah. Um, conversation starters, a book of the Bible, a book you've been reading. Mm-hmm. And we just throw it out there in an email and people vote and that's what we do. And that's worked great. I mean, just put it out there and see what the group wants and yeah. and just live into that. Yeah, yep. that's good. Well, you're speaking about weight that people feel sometimes, Reed. I'm wondering about leaders, some folks listening, they might feel like it's uh, bad or they feel guilty about sharing ownership because it feels like you're placing a weight on someone yeah. else. How do you, I don't know, think differently about that? How do you kind of share ownership without making it feel like a burden on others? I think um, that's one of the ways, that's one of the barriers um, is to sharing leadership is that you put this 
personal obligation. You've been asked by someone mm-hmm. in the church to lead a group, and so you feel responsible, um, which is natural. But as you realize that you've shared leadership, one, you discover that it does release that burden. And then what Kurt and I talk about a lot of where we feel like our central role is as leaders is observation, as he said earlier, just how's the group doing? You know, are, we're going through, there seems to be, we're, someone's going through a low point. Um, and do you have too much facilitation or administration on you that you're not able to observe the, the pulse mm-hmm. of the culture of your group to mm-hmm. where you can step in and act? I think that's one of the things that we've talked about the most. Yeah. Maybe, maybe on, on the flip side uh, of, you know, good, good tips and suggestions, but what are some things to maybe avoid in sharing ownership in your group? Uh, what have you found to either be difficult or toxic or like, ah, that just did not go over very well. But yeah, what, what do we avoid? I, I think when we, when we talked about this, I don't know that we necessarily thought of, of things to avoid, but more, maybe more along the lines of there's certain times when, when I think it's really important to step up and to, um, I don't want to say take control, but see, seize, the, seize the moment and yeah. engage and to help and to help guide. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've like, we've been through, um, high, high points and low points in our group. And, um, you know, there's, there's been particular times, particular lows where I think it was important, uh, as a leader, not to necessarily say, okay, well, who's gonna, who's gonna step forward and tackle the elephant in the room and, and, and really help, to the group to talk through that, that difficult situation, but mm-hmm. for the leader to step forward and say, Hey, um, obviously this is the situation that, that we're going through as a, as a group. Let's talk about it. Let's address it. Um, and, you know, maybe reaching out and talking with uh, a, a staff member of the church for maybe some guidance on mm-hmm. how to mm-hmm. navigate that situation. So um, I, I think it's just more of, of knowing what, what are the moments that it's probably not, you don't want to pass on leadership. You want to be yeah. proactive and 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 uh, and be a leader and help facilitate. That's good. So those, situation. those gut check questions, the yeah. tough questions. I feel like that's probably the number one priority that we felt yeah. is, hey, how are we doing here? Yeah. And just opening that up and letting people discuss. I think that's one you can't avoid that question. I think as a leader, you need to be ready to ask that tough question. Do you have a frequency of how often maybe you ask that question or is it kind of come up, I mean, maybe more organically? I would say it's been organic, but that's probably actually a really good idea as far as like having just a periodic reassessment. But we, I don't know what you would think, but you can kind of feel it. You know, you can just, it's just a feeling like, okay, something's off. Um, Either um, there's a particular low with a particular family and we want to care and love on them, or there's just something in the group. It's like, hey, let's ask a, a question just to see how things things are going. Yeah, I think I think oftentimes um, attendance will have an off an awful big factor in That's kind a really of good one. having to feel if, there, if there's a if there's a family or if maybe the group in general is just having an almost impossible time getting together. Um, I mean, I think those are moments where we've kind of had conversations and said, hey. Um, something seems off here and, and, and maybe then we'll talk about it as a group and, mm-hmm. and just kind of get a feel of, of where things are at and um, other things we can do to, to help get back on track and, mm-hmm. and things yeah. of that nature. I'm curious if there's maybe a final practical tip you'd offer to our listeners to help them become leaders that can more easily share ownership within their groups. I would say probably, I think one of the most important things that we can do as leaders is just simply to to listen, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
oftentimes we, we get in leadership situations and we think it's about the things that we have to do and we have the decisions we have to make. But I, I think that, and, and that's hard for me because, you know, most times in these situations that I tend to go towards that, like, okay, well, I have to make a decision and I have to, uh, I have to do X, Y, and Z, but, but really uh, just to try to force yourself to sit back and listen and observe and facilitate and be open to a direction that perhaps wouldn't be your first choice. Yeah. Yeah. But it just fits the group better at that time. That's good. That's exactly what I was going to say is one of going back to the discussion of a barrier or maybe thing to avoid is yourself, mm-hmm. you know, don't get tripped up by yourself and let, um, it's easy to think, well, I, I kind of want the group to go this way. Sharing leadership allows that natural. It doesn't become about you. Yeah. 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 Don't make yep. it about you. Yeah. Um, which can be really difficult. Um, but I think it's key. Yeah. And again, it's not only a safeguard for the leader to, to kind of, Yes, save them from a sense of arrogance or build the, the group around them. But it does. It allows for an opportunity for, for others to lead, for their voices. And, and you have, you're able to color with more colors, you know, rather mm-hmm. than just one color. And so that there's, yeah, there's real beauty in that. Uh, well, thank you guys for yeah, sharing uh, these ideas and tips. Um, one of the things I just, I noticed kind of a theme in all of this is that there's a real need for leaders to have a real understanding of, of their group, not only their needs, uh, but kind of the seasons they're in, uh, their capacities, as well as their giftings. And mm-hmm. so, so in some ways, those are kind of the, the, the tips and the tools that we should have is, look, are we as leaders aware enough of the people in our group, the seasons of life they're in, the capacities, the challenges they're facing, enough to say, hey, you know what? You would be great at this. And hey, you know what? You shouldn't be leading in this area because you have 18 children right now. And so <laughs> there's, it's just good to have that awareness. And so I really, really think that's something key for our leaders to have. So thanks for bringing those insights to us. I agree with you, Reed. That is such a valuable lesson for leaders. And so thank you again, Kurt and Dan, for bringing that to us. And uh, thank you, listeners, for being with us. We hope you'll be back with us next time when we talk about more ways that we can become better community group leaders together. Um, that's, I shouldn't have closed that way. No, that was good. <laughs> well, I was, I, we got it. We got it. We've done this. Yeah. See.